Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so glad to have you here. Um, you know, we started a little late today. I'm just going to say this. If you're not here, you don't know what happened. And we're not telling. Can I have an amen? Everybody raise your left hand. Say, I promise to God, the things that happened before service stay secret in the Lord. Can I have an amen? Okay. Glory to God. So good to have everybody today. We have with us a, a special guest speaker, uh, Dustin Martin. I want to encourage everybody to stretch forth your hands to the middle sections. I don't know if it's the fear of the camera, but there's these two middle sections, never get people in it. I don't know what the deal is. So right now, lift your hands up. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you, Father, that you are gracious to us in all areas and that your love and your blood has been bestowed upon us. So Father, we thank you today that we can come and worship, we can come and fellowship, we can have a, a part in the kingdom because Father, you gave everything to have a part in our life and we receive that and we thank you, Father, for it. So Father, we come and we worship you right now and we thank you for the opportunity and for the, what you will speak to us today through your word and that you will give us words to speak later to other people who need to hear the gospel. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Thank him for all of his goodness and kindness. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day and for all your blessings. We thank you for what you're about to do in this service, and we hand it over to you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, and all the saints said, I don't want to be afraid Cause these times I face the waves I don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hear it roar I don't want to fear the storm I don't want to fear the storm Till I'm dancing in the deep Peace be still You are here so it is well Even when my eyes can't see I will trust the voice that speaks oh, we trust you by I'm not gonna be afraid Every time I face the waves I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid And I'm not gonna fear the storm You are greater than its roar Yes, He is I'm not gonna fear the storm I'm not gonna fear it all Peace, be still Say the word and I will Set my feet upon the sea Till I'm dancing in the deep Peace be still You are here so it is well Even when my eyes can't see I will trust the voice that speaks Thank you. 
Amen. All the time. Amen. 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 Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Let's sing this. You give. You give light. You are love. You bring light. To the darkness you give hope You restore every heart that is broken Great are you, Lord Oh, Great are you, Lord, yes. 
Oh 
portion of the service we're gonna as always have an opportunity for prayer if you're praying about anything or praying in partnership with anything for anyone in your family we would love to believe with you for a breakthrough for a miracle for restoration for a change in scenery for a financial increase for healing for anything we would be honored to believe with you So for the next few minutes, as we sing this newer song and praise Jesus even more this morning, we just want to open the altar and our staff and prayer team will be down here to pray and believe with you. There was a moment when the lights went out When death had claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life The darkest day in history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned One breath and it was finished but not the end we could have known for the earth began to shake and the veil was torn what sacrifice was made as the heavens she makes all hail King Jesus all hail the Lord of heaven and earth all hail King Jesus all hail the Savior of the Oh, hell, keep. 
I, uh, I wanted to, to use a verse here. I was um, praying, you know, you can be seated. And it's so good to have everybody this morning. I, I was just praying about something. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people don't receive things from God. Uh, sometimes it, it is lack of faith. But, but th- this is one, and I don't think we talk about it as much. Um, at least I have in a while. But it's 1 John 3, 20. And it says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Now, here's here's the truth of something. Don't let your heart be condemned. Satan wants to condemn your heart. But if you want to walk in that condemnation, you can. And you know, who's ever messed up? Say amen. Who's probably going to mess up again? Say amen. Who in here is going to try not to? Amen. Okay, there we go. But, you know, but if you mess up, don't be condemned. What did Jesus say? You must love your neighbor as yourself. So who do you have to love first? You got to love yourself. And I know Karen's a counselor, you would agree, I, I believe. There's some people who don't walk in love to others because they can't love themselves. They're so internally conflicted with themselves, it comes out against everybody else. Um, but if you love yourself, who's ever felt bad because you got something good? I have. You know, you grew up feeling guilty. 
And on the other side, I, I don't want my kids to feel guilty. So, so don't let your heart be condemned. And don't condemn yourself. It, it messes up your confidence. And so, you know, sometimes people say, well, I just don't know why. Well, I, I may, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have done that. Well, yeah, maybe you should have. But if, but if you didn't, and you're here today, and you're alive today, and since this is the day we only have, and we're only alive now, we ain't alive tomorrow, we ain't alive yesterday, we're only here now, why don't you forgive yourself and let that go? And why don't you just let the Lord do it? And all you have to do is just say, Father, forgive me, I have sinned. And the Bible says he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us. And don't worry about it. I heard a minister say one time, I think it's a profound revelation. Why does God forget our sins? Because he could not bless us if he remembered them. You know, we joke about stuff. Y'all know a lot of my stories about my kids and I joke about my kids. And Since I see one of my kids, Lisa used to have a Volvo. She loved her Volvo. Lisa sent, I mean, uh, Luke sent that Volvo to Jesus. Can I have an amen? And thank God he was in the Volvo. It was raining and he, he was in an accident. I mean, Pastor Lisa just, she loved that shit. Now she's got another Volvo. Can I have an amen? God's good. And we could be mad at Luke for destroying and breaking his mother's heart. Can I have an amen? And just being so irreparably damaged and, you know, but who in here knows he was young? You know, we, we look back on it, we joke about it. You know, I use it for sermon material now. I don't hold it against him. Why? Because I want to bless him. I want to be with him. I can't bless somebody and be with somebody and be ticked off and mad and in a disjointed spirit towards them the whole time. Who's ever done that with your husband or wife? That's a fun ride. Can I have an amen? Where you're both looking out the window, like as if you look at each other. And can I have an amen? But don't let your heart be condemned. Don't let it be condemned. If Jesus loves you, love yourself. Can I have an amen? We're so glad to have everybody here this morning. Um, on the screen right now, if you are a first, second, or third time guest, or if you are in person, if you will take a connection card in front of you. If you're a regular, I just, I gotta be honest, I just gave up on trying to do the attendance thing with the connection card. I just quit. Nobody would do the cards enough. And so that's just me being honest. I got tired of that. Um, we try to track it and sometimes, you know, we don't. And, and, and you know, and maybe it's, terrible it may sound terrible I think it's bad you know but I've had people tell me in just the size we have you know there's like well man I didn't did it was that a visitor I'm like no that wasn't a visitor well how long have they been coming a couple weeks no about two years and well I didn't know that and I said well you usually come first and third and they're second and fourth I said but when y'all are here I said you sit on this side and they sit all the way across the sanctuary and there's that great gulf and um, so, but it, sometimes it is hard. Sometimes I know me and Pastor Lisa have even gone home and I'll say, boy, I miss so-and-so. She goes, well, they were there. And I said, I didn't see them in the sanctuary. You know, and they were like, oh, they were in a class. Or, I, or she'll tell me I didn't see so-and-so. I said, well, oh, they were there. And she says, well, I was in a class. Or sometimes we'll even be in here and I didn't see it. In fact, somebody was here the other week. I thought it was someone else. And it wasn't someone else. It was a visitor, it was a guest. And so if you're a first, second, third time guest, we'd appreciate it if you'd uh, take a picture of the QR code that's online also. 
and uh, fill that out information. We'd love to connect with you and bless you and, and pray for you. And then also, if you are a regular and you need to update your information, uh, please do that. We are working. We're sharing more. We're sharing sharing some more. There she is. We're trying to work, and she's been doing a a great job at working on that. So we want to do that. I want to use a verse as we get ready to give. Now, we've got Dustin with us at the end of his ministry. And so in just a moment, he's going to come up. He's going to minister as as the Lord leads him. And um, I didn't ask him to preach anything. I don't know what he's preaching. And um, um, you ever had somebody ask you that? Can you preach on this? My people need this. I'm like, okay. So I'm just a hired gun. Can I have an amen? <laughs> you know, tithing. <laughs> or whatever. Membership. <laughs> and um, I want to use this verse as we get ready to get, but at the end of the service, we'll be receiving an offering for uh, Dustin's ministry and thank God for him. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16. This is verse 16 and 7. Um, I got a, a Baptist friend. Everybody say, look, God loved the Baptist. Amen. I mean, God, I thank God for the Baptist. And, uh, but um, where I grew up, Baptist churches, some people just didn't give good in Baptist churches. It was always harsh, hard. And uh, he made a comment. This is a friend uh, in Congress. And he made a comment. His dad, good Baptist man, looked at him one time when he was a kid. He said, son, let's read this verse. And I'll tell it. No man should appear before the Lord. This is Deuteronomy 16, 6 through 7. No man should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord, your God, has blessed you. He made a comment one time. He said his dad just really stressed his head. He said, son, when you go to church, you take an offering. And what's amazing is, um, how old, is Brian older than me? Beecham. Good, good. He's, I, if he's older than me, it's just a year or two. I mean, you know, so we're close. I, our, our daughters were about the same age as his daughters. We were talking one day, and I said something about, house and house payments and he's like well I ain't got no payments because I paid my house off probably 10 years ago 40 something and you paid a house off he's oh no oh no bro I ain't got no debt then we got talking about cars and he says man he goes he, and he's just a good guy he says man I, he goes that car he goes I just drove that car he goes I kept me a new car he has a great car it's actually nice cheap and I said what happened to your old car he said it just broke down one day at the dentist office I said, what'd you do? He said, well, I didn't want it no more, so I just took the plate off and just left it. I said, what? He said, yeah, they towed it. And I knew they would. And that tow company called me and asked if I wanted it back. I was going to have to pay $1,000. I said, well, if it's okay with you, I'll give you all the title. They said, okay. He said, so I didn't even have to sell it or get rid of it or pay anybody to take it off. He said, and they got a car they can sell for scrap. He goes, but I got that one and it's paid for but he stopped. He goes, but I've always taught my kids they need to tithe. They need to give. Why? Because Scripture says we should. Can I have an amen? So I want you to hold your offering in your hand and your giving. And, uh, you know, it's a crazy day. They say, I just read this week that um, they say wages are stable for the second year in a row. Um, who in here is believing for an offering? I'm offering for a raise. Amen. Amen. I, I'm believing for an offering right now. Amen. Okay, I got that on the hand. <laughs> I was at a church one time, and uh, they took an hour and 10 minutes for the offering. And they actually had a table set up in front of the preacher. Oh, I'm sorry, they had in, in behind him. And as people would bring down the offering, the one guy would count it. Another guy would write it in the book. 
he'd pause a minute, he'd go, how much, how close are we? We're $57 short of the budget tonight. Come on, come on, give, give, dig, dig, his, his prayer, dig deep now, and the, you know, come on, give. Our 10 minutes. A little bit later in that moment, he said, I know some of y'all are wondering what I'm doing. He goes, who in here knows how to make the lemon, this way, the lemonade. He goes, you got to squeeze them lemons. He goes, what I'm doing right now is I'm squeezing the lemons. We're going to get the good out of the lemons because we got to meet the need. Can I have an amen? I've never done that in my life, but there's been a few times I've been tempted. Can I have an amen? Okay, so we're going to pray. Who in here needs a raise? Can I have an amen? But you know what? The world is not our source and Delta is not our source and Chick-fil-A is not our source. Um, Jesus is our source. And so we keep our heart right. So hold your offering in your hand. I know now we give online, so I like to hold my phone. This is a point of faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you bless us. We come to the house of the Lord today with an offering and a thankful heart that you are so good. And we honor you with our first fruits, our tithes and offerings. Father, right now, I just pray over every family that's in person and online. And thank you, Father, that you meet their need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we know that that also, Psalms 23, some people love to get ticky and say, that's just a need. But I'm reminded, Father, that the 23rd Psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In fact, Father, that Hebrew word says, lack any good thing. So Father, we thank you right now that you take care of all that. And so we cast our care over on you. Father, for our church, we thank you that you meet every need. And Father, we believe that you bring in more than 15,000, even though some of the church are believing for 25. We thank God for that every week. And Father, that you bring in people to our church. Because you said in Acts that you added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Because your people continued in prayer fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the apostles' doctrine. So Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name that all these things are done, that the gospel goes forth, and that you bless every partner and every member of this church. In this day, you take care of us. And every day, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you come forward to give and uh, as you, as you come forward, I'm just going to talk a moment. And um, I, um, um, it's, it's not family Sunday. I, I actually meant to have some of y'all stand up in the room. So I want, you, I want you to do this for a moment. Okay, just for a moment. Look around you where you're sitting. Okay. Find someone that you either don't know or don't know well. Now, now, don't give them the evil eye in this moment, okay? Don't. But I want you to make a point in a minute, I'll remind you in a minute, to make sure that you connect with them, bless them, encourage them, fellowship with them for a moment. Can I have an amen? Um, get their details, get their digits, get, get whatever you need to get so that you can stay in touch and fellowship with them. Amen. I, uh, I met uh, Reverend Dustin Martin. Six years? Seven? I don't remember. I'd have to look. Five, five, six years ago. 
And I felt so bad after three days, I had picked on him every time I saw him at this minister's conference. He's a traveling minister, and I, I did that for about 17 years. And every time I, I loved him so much off the first bat, I wanted a business card. I asked him, I said, you got a business card? He goes, man, I don't have any business cards. I had never met him. My, my next comment was, but there was a kindredness in my heart. I looked at him, I said, my Lord, you're terrible as a traveling evangelist, guest speaker guy. I said, you're horrible. I said, you're terrible. I said, you ain't even got a card? I said, my Lord, I said, how has God used you? Every time I saw him, did I not? Every time I saw him, I'd pick on him. I said, I said, this is terrible. I said, God can't even use you. I said, you're just getting back by grace right now. I said, you just had a card. I said, you gotta be perfect. You know, I told him towards the end of the way, I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I don't know why. There was something about him that my heart fell in love with. Um, and he's probably one of the more intelligent people I've ever met. And I mean this when it comes to scripture. He, he'll say some things about scripture in his letters um, and just, you know, in talking to him, and I just take notes. Um, he blesses me, he ble and, and, and he always brings a very, very profound word. I'm, I'm gonna tell him, Luke told me, he said, if he ever moves to Texas and Dustin's pastor of the church, he goes, I'm, I wanna go there. Can I have an amen? I would too. So I want you to stand up with me, if you will, and let's give a warm welcome to a teacher in the body of Christ. I don't know what I'm gonna call him. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whatever he needs. In Jesus' name, give him a good hand clap and welcome. Hey, I love you, man. Bless you. Uh, praise the Lord. You may be seated. Actually, I meant to give these. I brought gifts for your pastor. How cool is that? I meant to give these to you. It's from the Copeland meetings, the MP4 and MP3s. If I don't do it now, I'll forget. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, it's so good to see you guys. Good looking group. Can't say that to everywhere you go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some people, you have to say it by faith. Y'all are a good looking group. <sighs> no, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm thankful for your pastors. You know, there's, there's people, you know, the Bible talks about God called uh, Abraham a friend. And, uh, you know, he talks about uh, that, uh, that he sticks closer than a brother. A brother is connected by birth, has no choice, but a friend is connected by covenant and has to make a decision that says, I'm going to stick with you through thick and thin. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and I feel like your, your pastor has done that. Anyways, I'm honored. Sorry. <laughs> so silly. Um, just thankful for your friendship, yeah. And uh, the opportunity to come and minister. Uh, in 2012, uh, God launched us out uh, to do Martin Ministries International. So February 1st of this year, we initiate our 11th year of traveling full-time. And so it's just been an awesome uh, privilege. Uh, <clears throat> a good friend of mine says, Dustin, God's called you to be an imperial herald for the kingdom of God. And when we stepped out, Isaiah chapter 50, verses four and five was the very first verse that God gave me concerning this ministry. And he said, Dustin, uh, Isaiah 54 and five says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned or the instructed. 
that I would have a word in season to them that are weary. Morning by morning, he awakens me to hear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. And I believe that God is calling young people. God is raising up a a generation of those that have a voice to speak life, encouragement, and strength to the body of Christ in the time and the season that we're living in. And, uh, and so I, I've accepted this mandate, this mantle, if you will, to travel full-time, to minister, to encourage the body of Christ, uh, uh, to live at the capacity and the potential. I'm getting into a little couple of the words that I wrote down in my notes, but so you may hear me say it again. But the capacity and the, potent, the potential that Jesus purchased for you 2,000 years ago. How many of you know that you are victorious in him? You're not the victim, you're the victor. And you're called to, the Bible talks about in Isaiah chapter 40 that we're to, that he, uh, to, we're to wait on him and that we'll mount up like wings of eagles. God's called you to soar, not pluck with the chickens. Come on, somebody. Amen. God expects you to soar. So we're gonna get into some things. I was telling Pastor Chris in the back, uh, traveling guys usually have about five messages they put on rotate trying to remember what sermon they preached to you last time they were in your church and making sure they keep it fresh. What I'm going to speak to you this morning is definitely, uh, I don't have five messages that I preach. I have topics that God usually uh, rotates uh, and just something will get hot in my spirit again and I'll begin to minister on that. So I've ministered on these lines before, but this uh, message that I'm going to speak to you today, uh, this is the first time that I've ever, that I've ever ministered it. So uh, I could preach one that I've got polished in three points in a poem. Y'all walk out here, ooh, that was good. But I want to preach the word that God's given to you specifically. And so uh, that's what I'm endeavoring to do this morning. And so before we get started, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And as you're turning there, I want to read this uh, uh, joke to you. Pastor is going to like this. He's probably heard it before. But a new pastor was visiting in the homes of his parishioners. At one of the houses, it seemed obvious that someone was at home, but no one answered or came to the door at his repeated knock. Therefore, he took out a business card. He had a business card, good for him. He took out his business card and wrote revelations. Every good minister has business cards. I, anyways, uh, there, he took a business card, wrote revelations 320 on the back of it and stuck it in the door. When the offering was passed uh, the following Sunday, he found that this, his card had been returned and added to it was this uh, message, genera- uh, Genesis 3.10. Reaching for his Bible to check the citation, he broke up into a gale of laughter. Revelations 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I'll come in and sup with him. Genesis 3.10 reads, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid for I was naked. And so I hid myself. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right. (laughs) Amen. All right. I'm going to be speaking on the topic this morning. Simply, I I wrote this uh, uh, as the title of my message, Created. Created. As a traveling uh, guy, the Lord has developed over the years kind of my, the, the reason, the calling that he's placed upon us to travel. And he said, Dustin, I've called you to awake the spiritual condition of the people by imparting, imparting words of grace and spiritual gifts. 
to renew confidence by establishing core biblical principles and activate courage or exploits by encouraging faith. And so this morning, I want to awaken your spiritual condition. I want to awaken the reality of what Christ did for you 2,000 years ago. And I believe this is very pertinent into the time and the season that we're living in right here before the return of Jesus Christ. Whether we were talking about this in the back, no matter where you stand with the rapture, with tribulation, there's one thing that ought to be on the forefront of your mind is that all of this at one time, uh, and I believe soon and very soon, is coming to an end. And I believe that Jesus is standing, getting ready for the trumpet to sound, and the body of Christ will be raised up. We will be caught up together with him in the clouds. And I think there needs to be a, a time <clears throat> right now that where you and I are alert and we're paying attention to what is going on around us. Why? So that we're not just spectating, sitting back, but rather being participants into what the Spirit of God is doing and wanting to accomplish right here before Jesus returns. And so uh, we see this in Ephesians chapter two and verse uh, 10. I wanna read this to you. It says, for we are his workmanship. I think the Message Bible says you are God's masterpiece. You are God's workmanship, or you are God's masterpiece, watch this, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm going to go ahead and just read this all the way through verse 18. Verse 11, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. All of this is very pertinent to what we'll be talking about this morning. But you are Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That at that time, watch this, you were without Christ. You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. It is a most miserable and sad condition to be an individual that is living in the world and without God that you having no hope, that you are without Christ, you are without the anointed one and his anointing. I'm not here to preach on the anointing, but we understand that it is the yoke destroying. Listen to these words, the yoke destroying, burden removing power of God. I've been preaching lately a lot of places I go, but I, this morning I feel this sense to kind of teach. So just bear with me. It, it, maybe take some notes, go back, review these things. Statistically speaking, people that take notes are more likely not to go to hell. Amen, okay? Right now, burn later. It's whatever you want to do. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. But we're holy. You leak. Come on, somebody. So take some notes. Remind yourself of these things. It'll be helpful to you. But you're without God in the world or were without God in the world. Verse 13, but now, everybody say now. now. But now in Christ Jesus or but now created in Christ Jesus, you were once 
you who were, I'm sorry, let's just read it. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You were once distanced, you were once alienated, but because of the blood of Christ, you have been brought near to the family, to the household of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made both one. Everybody say one. He has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity or the division, the separation, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinance. So as to, here we go, create in himself, to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near, for through him... Through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. The Bible says in 1 John, as he is, so are we in this world. Religion wants to downplay the masterpiece, God's the a senior thesis, his masterpiece, of what he did in you through Jesus Christ. Religion wants to downplay and give you this mentality that God is still working on you in some capacity. I hear in the Christian songs, I hear in preaching today, and maybe this is just my soapbox, but it's my 30 minutes, so we're gonna go with it. But everything about how the pressure and the problem is there to produce the promises of God in your life that God is somehow still perfecting you through what you're going through. The only downside to that, and what I wanna challenge you in that thought process, is that it downplays God's masterpiece. It says that what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago was not enough. Now we know from 1 Thessalonians chapter five that we are a three-part being. That you're sanctified holy, what, spirit? soul and body your spirit man has been made perfect in christ the real you the one that lives on the inside has been made completely perfect in him there's nothing missing when it talks about he preached peace to you there is no more enmity what is that it is shalom nothing missing and nothing nothing lacking the spirit of god that resides on the inside of you that has resurrected you that has created you the spirit man on the inside is complete how do you know this? Because you've been made, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, he who knew no sin became sin that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't grow in righteousness. You don't grow in your right standing with the Father. You've been created in Christ and because of that, the perfection of that creation is complete. 
You're complete in him. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter four and verse 12 says, for the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divided asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's not the scripture I wanted to quote, but it's a good one anyways. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 16 says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. If there's a revival that we need in the church today, it is a revival of the Bible. There is this mentality that this was just written by a bunch of men that had an experience and they wrote down their experience that was, that was uh constructed and developed by their atmosphere, their experience, and the time in which they lived. The only downside to that is that it makes this seem irrelevant to the day that we live in today. But the fact is, is that this word right here is not man's idea, it's God's word. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 13, 8, it is Jesus. It is the word of God that lives and abides forever. It is the same yesterday, today and forever. If you build your life on the word of God, you have a foundation that this world is setting on right now. I like to say it this way, when you walk by faith, you're walking on the foundation of the universe. Why do I say that? Because all scripture, if you downplay this, you have no foundation. And everything I'm preaching this morning can be set up for opinion and, and, you know, let's all discuss it and really feel how I feel about it. I don't go by how I feel. I go by what the word of God says. So 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God or is Genesis chapter 2, God breathed. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, instruction in righteousness. You don't grow in righteousness, you get instructed in righteousness. What am I saying? You get instructed on the masterpiece of what God has done on the inside of you and what he expects you to live from and out of in the life that you are living today. Uh, let me read Romans chapter eight to you. Still glad you came this morning? I know I'm throwing out a lot of scripture. We're going to have fun. Just sit back, relax. I'm doing all the work. You just get to smile and have a good time. Amen. I'll tell you this. There's always two times to amen a preacher. Y'all know this? Two times amen a preacher. When I'm doing real good or real bad. Either way, we both go home happy. Amen. So just shout at me. Say, come on, preach that. Let's have fun this morning. You can go home and go, what was that? And I'll walk out here thinking, my goodness, we did good. Woo, hallelujah. All right, here we go. Romans chapter eight, what is God's masterpiece? I feel like this is a great, there's so many scriptures you could use, but I believe that this is a great description and illustration of God's masterpiece. So Romans chapter eight, let's start in verse three. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled where? In us. In your spirit. The righteous requirements 
that are required in the law, God fulfilled them through Christ. He fulfilled them in us who do not walk according to the flesh. But how do we walk? Come on. We walk according to the spirit or we walk according to the recreated man that is on the inside. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and 63, the spirit is life. Watch this. But the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. God is challenging us today. God is challenging the body of Christ that we no longer find confidence in the flesh, but rather begin to have confidence in what God completed and masterpieced on the inside of you. You could say it this way, kind of an old cliche, but learning how to live from the inside out. Everything that you're facing, everything that is coming against you right now, you are not to try to resist it or stop or, or, or come against that thing in your flesh. Not by power, not by might, but how? By my spirit, says the Lord. When you resist something by the force of God, I'm going to show you this, by the force of God that lives on the inside of you, you're not coming up against something without the adequate ability and power to resist, to stop, to overcome that situation. Why? Because I'm not coming in it in Dustin. I'm not coming in it in my ability Paul told Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 4, verse 8, he said, bodily exercise is of some profit. Working out is beneficial. It has some value. He said, but godliness or godlikeness or operating out of the recreated spirit has value for this life and the life to come. The more that you learn how to operate out of your spirit, man, and how to operate out of that recreated masterpiece that God has birthed on the inside of you, the more you'll be comfortable when you get to heaven. Amen. You're going to show up there and go, whoo, been doing this on earth by faith, man. This is no, no, no thing but a chicken wing. Let's go. It'll be old hat to you. Why? Because you're living now by faith on this thing on the inside saying, Father God, I thank you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me and is quickening and making alive my mortal body, my flesh. Let's continue reading here in Romans chapter eight. In verse five, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded, listen to these words, to be carnally or fleshly minded, to think, have your mind constantly be thinking about the natural realm. What happens? What does it produce? It produces death. The end result to managing your life through the natural realm, the fleshly realm, produces death. But it says, but to be spiritually minded is what? It is life and it's peace, it's wholeness. 
To be spiritually minded is to be life and it is to be peace. This is not in my notes, but I feel led to share this with you and t- to sh- uh, get you to see this real quick. When we, actually, I can read this to you. Let me just... 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17 says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. John 17, 23, Jesus prayed this. He said, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. You have, your spirit man has been grafted in or has been joined together with him. His spirit and your spirit have been made one. The more you meditate on that, the more that limitations and boundaries don't apply to you. Insufficiency, lack, don't apply to you. If you read through the gospels and you watch how Jesus operated in his day-to-day life he never came in contact with something that ever intimidated him that ever scared him that ever got got him to draw back he never was shocked he was never surprised why because he operated out of a oneness with the father constantly communicating constantly in fellowship with and then constantly aware of what luke chapter 4 tells us that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. When you become one with the Father, what is the outcome? Anointing. Where all of a sudden, that thing that lives on the inside of you, uh, man, I'm jumping ahead of myself. The thing that's living on the inside of you, I'll say it this way, it wants out. One of the indicators of the anointing, a lot of people think, well, it means you're glowing in the dark. You get to float and watch this, guys. I'm going to walk right off these, this stage and I won't even touch. You know, it's like everybody, the, the anointing becomes this like spooky, radical, you know you're anointed when. You know what the number one indicator of the anointing is? Thoughtfulness. Isn't that just an indication of who Jesus was? What is it that I can do for you? Not what I can get from you, what can I do for you? John chapter five, Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda. He sees a man that had been laying there, what, 38 years, and he says, do you want to be made whole? What was he doing? What can I do for you? I see your condition. I see where you are. What was he saying? There is something that is in me and on me that can radically change your situation. Most of us get so consumed with our issue, our problem, that we walk into the room, our heads down, our eyes are like this, and all we're wanting is people to focus on me. Help me. Did you ever see Jesus with his hand out? <laughs> not, that pe- not that people didn't give to his ministry. I'm not saying about that, but I'm saying Jesus wasn't trying to get something from you as much as he was trying to get something to you anointing on display looks like thoughtfulness you constantly walk out the door in the morning father god i thank you that my spirit and your spirit are one that your spirit is upon me it's in me for me on me for others and as i go about my day today god i'm asking you to give me opportunity to bring a change in the life of someone i come in contact with 
We must begin to live out of and place a demand on the recreated human spirit and unlock, release, and demonstrate the kingdom potential and realities. We must begin to live out and place the demand on the recreated spirit. Most people live their lives in, in one kind of fashion is, I ask Jesus to be my Lord and the Savior, and when I die, I'll go to heaven. That's, that's their reality. When I die, I go to heaven. Woof. But right now we're in the stinking here and now. Oh, Lord, help us. Psalms chapter 51. Look at this real quick. Psalms chapter 51. This is King David, and he's 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 praying this prayer, this, this, this uh conversation he's having with God. In Psalms 51, starting in verse 10, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This was after David had committed a major sin and was feeling the, the weight of that decision and he's asking God to create in him a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within him. We use this scripture a lot of times for repentance. We go through something where, where we, you know, we made a mistake, we messed up, we're feeling guilty, we're feeling condemned, which the devil does, not God. God doesn't condemn you, he convicts you. He's telling you that's not how righteousness responds, come on. But he says, created me a clean heart. And we're using this as a, as, a, as a prayer of repentance. But can I challenge you or suggest to you this morning that God cannot create and God cannot renew what he has already recreated and made new in Christ. This is an Old Testament scripture and all Old Testament has to go through the cross. What did Jesus accomplish for you 2,000 years ago? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ or if anyone has been recreated in Christ, he is a what? New creation. This word create here in uh, Psalms chapter 51 and verse 10 is the exact same word that you find in Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as you read through that, what does God say is about his creation? Whoops, I messed up. Whoops, I still got more to do. No, he said after each day, what? It is good. It's done. It's complete. On the seventh day, the Bible tells us that after God did all his creating, what did he do? He rested. Not because he was tired, but because he was finished. I heard one guy say it this way, God exhaled for six days and on the seventh day, he inhaled. Man, I like that. Just shows you, it just makes your mind go, oh, God's big. But it is the same word that God created the worlds. It is the same word that, uh, <clears throat> that David is asking God, God, create something in me. You have to jump to the New Testament, and when it says that you are God's masterpiece created in Christ, your spirit man is good, it's complete, it's finished, it's done. 
When Jesus was hanging on the cross and he yelled, it is finished. What was he talking about? He was talking about everything that separated you, alienated you from the Father had been dealt with. Nothing is left to be done. He did it all. Which means what? That whatever is needed for your life is in you. Look at Ephesians chapter six. I'm giving you a lot this morning, but look at Ephesians chapter six. Y'all know these verses. I love this. Ephesians chapter six and verse 10. This is the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter six and verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the power of his might. Be strong in the power of the spirit of God in you, the recreated man in you, not in your flesh. I didn't finish my thought, but you're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Your, your spirit is made new and created in Christ. Your, your soul is made up of three parts, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then your, your spirit and your soul occupy this world in a tent called your body, your flesh. When the Bible talks about, when David said, God created me a clean heart, renew a steadfast spirit. You have heart and you have spirit. Are they the same? I would like to challenge you this morning to see it this way, that your heart... <clears throat> excuse me, your heart is the agreement of your soul and your spirit. Your heart is the agreement of your soul and your spirit. And I'm gonna show you this real quickly, but your spirit man is made new in Christ. Stick with me, I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm teaching, we're all over the map here, but just stay with me. Your spirit's made new in Christ. It's a masterpiece. I got two little kids, Ezra and Brooklyn. Constant, my son loves to draw. He's constantly drawing. There's a YouTube thing called Art Hub and they teach you how to, you know, draw a circle and this man and his kids draw different pictures and he'll, dad, can I watch? I wanna do an Art Hub, I wanna do an Art Hub. And they'll do the, they draw, he loves drawing. And he's actually really, really good. So is Brooklyn. Brooklyn, my daughter, they both draw. And they, you know, but they'll give you something, right? We went to a church for Easter. I was preaching on an Easter Sunday. They took the kids to the, the thing. They came back and they did these paintings and stuff. A lot looked like a little mosaic. Uh, you know, <laughs> did they blindfold you? How'd this work? You know, anyway. But I, I take it, and I go, look at this masterpiece. Why? Because they did it. It's my kids. It's perfect. I love it. Let's frame it. We're putting it up. People walk in and they're like, oh, well, did you find this on the street? Hey, no, my kids painted this at church. Listen to me. You're God's masterpiece. He didn't, he didn't just kind of, you know, do this side issue with you. It was his absolute complete focus. Your spirit man's perfect. Watch this though. For your spirit to operate and function on the capacity and the potential that God has created it to be, you have to renew your mind. 
That's why God told Joshua 1.8, he said, uh, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall do what? You meditate in the word of God day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in here. Why? Because when you meditate, it brings your mind into subjection of the spirit. And then when the spirit wants to release the life force that's in it, it doesn't have to go against your mind. Your mind's in agreement. And when there's unity, there's productivity. When there's agreement, things can get done. The reason most people don't see more activity from the spirit in their life is because they haven't renewed their mind and their spirit man's trying to let the life force of God out, but their mind keeps saying, no, we don't believe that could happen. I mean, I know God's doing that with them, but I don't know if he'll do it with me. What are they doing? They're suppressing the masterpiece. God did his part, you gotta do your part in the sense of God created your spirit brand new. What you gotta do now is renew your mind and crucify your flesh. That's why we fast and we pray, why? We get ourselves and tell our flesh, you're not in control. I don't just shove everything that I want in my mouth. There's times I have to say, no. I don't know what, I'm meddling now, I guess. I don't know what's going on. But you crucify your flesh. You tell your flesh you're not in control. Why? Because when the spirit and the soul are in connection, the body will follow. What is the whole goal? The whole goal is to allow full capacity of the spirit, the life, the masterpiece that is in you to dominate the world in which you live. And God is telling us in Ephesians chapter six, he says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God. Let me read this to you out of, um, <clears throat> let me read this to you out of uh, the NLT. Ephesians chapter six and verse 10 in the NLT, I love how it says this. It says, I find a world, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all of the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor. Can I say it this way? Put on Christ. Put on or put in remembrance your masterpiece. Live in it. Walk in it. Let it be a part of your everyday life. If you look through the armor of God, each piece of the armor of God is an is a indication or is an outline understanding of who Jesus Christ is. He is righteousness. He is the Prince of Peace. He is truth. Come on. He is the helmet of salvation. That is all Jesus. You're putting on him. 
You're learning to live your life out of this recreated, uh, this recreated spirit. I'm not living a life in the flesh. I'm living life in this mentality of what God did to me. I'm putting on the armor of God, the spirit of God. I'm strong in him. Why? Because there's a devil on the loose and I'm out to put an end to his mission. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was on mission. He was saying, you will not oppress my people. You will not hold them in bondage. Sickness can't stay. Poverty can't be here. I'm here today to reconcile man back to God. You and I are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are to go into the world and begin to bring illumination to people that God's not mad at them. That God loves them and he wants to restore them back to the potential that Jesus died for them 2,000 years ago. Therefore, put on every piece of God. God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Watch this. Then after the battle, and I love this, then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. When Jesus in Luke chapter four was taken into the wilderness, he was out there praying, spending time with God and the devil came and began to tempt him. The first temptation was Jesus, if you be the son of God, he instantly attacks the word. God said, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. He instantly attacks the word and says, if you are who God says you are, prove it. Which just is a simple indication the devil always try to get you to prove your spiritual condition or position with a natural manifestation. He always tried to get you to prove yourself. Well, if you are who God says you are, prove it. I don't have to prove it. Jesus did 2,000 years ago. All I have to do is stand. Stand how? By faith. The devil will always try to hold you captive by getting you to operate out of the flesh. Getting you into the carnal. But you hold him captive how? By keeping him in the spirit. How did Jesus do it? With the word of God. I already quoted the scripture, John 6, 62. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. How do you keep the devil under subjection and underneath your feet? You keep, you stay aware of the masterpiece, stay in the spirit and you keep him in the spirit because you keep him in the spirit, you'll defeat him every time. The only time that he can have the ability to oppress you is when he gets you to step out of the spirit and start operating in the flesh. That's why you need to be very careful about what you hear and see in the world today about, and I'm just throwing this out here as an example. I dropped my purpose. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Don't drop your purpose. All right, here we go. But you gotta be very careful that you don't get into this mentality. I gotta hustle. I gotta, I gotta do something. I was talking to a good, 
a close relative of mine. The other day, he's like, man, me and my wife think about we've got to get a second job. We're going to get a couple second jobs. Now, if God tells you to get three jobs, get three jobs. But if you are trying to get out in the flesh and produce what God gave to you, the same thing he made you righteous, the Bible tells us that he became poor, that through his poverty, you might be made rich. Rich is not a number. It is the well-being of all your needs supplied. He quoted already Psalms 23. I lack nothing. If I need it, I got it. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I don't have to prove that I have enough. My Bible, my word, the spirit in me says I've got enough. God, what is it that you want me to be? God didn't call you to get busy. God called you to be diligent. What is the difference? Busy is being under Satan's yoke. But diligence is hearkening to the voice of God saying, God, what do you want me to do? And then diligently setting your hands to what he's commanded you to do. And then believing God that he'll do what he says he'll do, which is supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're not lacking is what I want you to hear this morning. Get limitation, get insufficiency, get all of that out of your mind. You're not lacking anything in your life right now. Yeah, well, brother, you don't know. I mean, I got some stuff right now. If it don't get taken care of tomorrow, we're going down. <laughs> Father God, I cast all my cares and concerns on you. God, I thank you that you care and watch over me. I thank you, Father God, that I'm your son. You love me and that you gave your son for me. God, I magnify you. Listen, when life goes down, hands go up. You want to tick the devil off? Just begin to magnify God. Begin to give him praise. Begin to function and release the life force of the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. And arrest that atmosphere of doubt and unbelief and lack and shortage. You're not going to make it. You're going to go down. Arrest it in the spirit realm and begin to turn that thing around now I'm going to say this to you real quick and you know send the cards and letters to pastor all right because I know what some of y'all are thinking well you just haven't gone through some stuff (laughs) you want to swap stories after church we could do that but listen to this if you go through Psalms 23 4 yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow I will fear no evil Right? If you go through a trial and don't come out like Jesus did in Luke chapter 4 and verse 8, uh, was it verse 4 14? And Jesus returned after the temptation in the power of the Spirit. If you go through a trial and don't come out in the power of the Spirit, you did it wrong. Ouch. It's true though. Jesus didn't come out of the desert dragging his knuckles, going, oh man. Hope I don't have to do that again. Whoa. He came out in the power of the Spirit. I'm telling you, the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter how much hell comes against you, the forces of the enemy that try to stop you and resist the call, the destiny that is on your life. I'm here today to tell you, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. 
that God has given you all power, all authority, that if you'll take your stand, you'll put on Christ, the masterpiece, begin to live from the inside out. I'm telling you, you'll rise up and you'll live. Watch that first step. It's a doozy. You'll live in victory. God wants us to live in victory. We're not going to get to heaven when he calls the trumpet going, oh, God, glad you called it, Lord. Glad I made it. I didn't know. No, he's not coming back for a beat up, broke down, dirty church. He's coming for a church that knows who their God is, that is doing great exploits and bold acts and daring deeds for the kingdom of God. Proverbs 18, 14. I'm, I'm wrap, wrapping up right here. I'm in the red. I got my own clock. All right, here we go. <laughs> Proverbs 18, 14 says, the spirit of a man, a recreated spirit in Christ, watches, will sustain him in sickness. Amen. I like the message Bible. It says, a healthy spirit conquers adversity. Yeah. How, do I get a, how do I get a healthy spirit? You have it in Christ. Your spirit man on the ends, I'm telling you, is vibrating with the life of the fervency, the energy of God, the same power that when God said, let there be, the world began and went into existence, that same power, that same energy is living on the inside of you. That's why laying on of hands is so important. Why? Because it's a way that God said, man, it's like jumper cables. Glory to God. This little grommet, little rubber thing. I don't know how to say it. There's a little, there's a little, uh, a little, at the top of my brake pedal, there's this little, little thing that sticks out. And this grommet pushes that in. So when you don't have your brake pedal uh, pushed down, it pushes that in and it turns your brake lights off. When you push the brake pedal down, that little thing comes out and turns your brake lights on. Well, I came out in the morning, the sun's shining. I didn't know my brake lights were on because that little grommet, that little rubber thing fell off the brake pedal. So guess what those brake lights on did? It drained my battery. So I got this thing from Costco. It's a little, little yellow box. I don't need any help. I take that little power source. I popped my hood. I hooked it up. Boom, jumped my car. There we go. Let's do this thing. Went inside. Did some stuff, came out to run some errands, car's dead again. Why? Because I didn't know my brake lights were on. It's sunny outside. So I take my little yellow box, hook it up to my battery, boom, jump my car again. Glory God, let's go. Went to the gym, worked out, came home, or no, came out of the gym, my battery's dead again. This time, I can't jump my car. I think I wore all the juice out of my little jumper. So... Humbly, I walk back into the gym, ask one of the team members, can you jump me? They get me jumped. I get to the O'Reilly's, buy me a new battery. Woo, we're back in business now. Walk outside, it's dead again. Why? Because my brake lights are still on. So then I had to go back to O'Reilly's, get the grommet. Come on, somebody. And now, I'm, now my car is running back to full capacity. I'm here today to tell you that this masterpiece of God has placed inside of you jumper cables that can jumpstart, that can resurrect, that can change any situation and never goes dormant. It never lacks power. It's ever ready. Like the Energizer Bunny. Come on, somebody. It's ever ready. 
on the inside of you. That's why, I, man, we used to go to India when we did missions, and I say, if I could just get my hands on them, man, we were reading John G. Lake, you know, the healing revival, all this stuff, if I can get my hands on them. Why? Because I realized that Dustin can't do nothing, but I've got a masterpiece on the inside of me, and if I can get my hands on them, I could jumpstart this situation. Amplified, or the Message Bible says a healthy spirit conquers adversity. The Amplified Bible says a strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. When you're going through the issue, can I just say this? Don't glorify the storm. I think people are making too big of the storm. Jesus didn't go, hey guys, I know we're in a storm right now and the boat's about to sink, but I want to teach you something. So let's just hang tight a little bit. What did Jesus do? He got up, he rebuked him for not having a, an expression of faith, and he rebuked the storm and the wind that was resisting the word of God, which was what? We are going to the other side. I don't accept storms into my life. Storms don't teach me. The word of God instructs me and teaches me. Can I learn something through going through a hardship? Absolutely. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Going through it, he's got your arm. He's like, come on, buddy, we're gonna get through this. And how are we gonna do it? We're gonna get through it with the word of God, with the spirit. He's gonna encourage you to go right here. Why? Because he's placed everything you need for this life on the inside of you. He's gonna challenge you not to accept the storm, but get down on the inside and release a power source that brings peace to chaos. That brings a great calm to the turmoil. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10 says, And we have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. When the pressure is on and life becomes exhausting, frustrating and overwhelming it's because you have stepped out of the created new life god's masterpiece and have gotten back into the old natural life if you feel exhausted god told me one time he said dust you're not tired you're just oppressed i allowed the devil to just get in and start slapping me around a little bit if you're exhausted frustrating or overwhelmed it's not to condemn us, but it's to encourage us, press into him. Because Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, they that wait upon the Lord do what? They renew your strength. He renews your strength. Waiting is not like you're waiting for a bus on the bench. Man, I hope God comes by and does something today, man. I'm telling you what. It, how you wait is very important. How do you wait? I'm expecting God to move in my situation. God, I wait. That word waiting in Hebrew is expectation. White, hot, fervent. Man, it's today. God, woo, today's the day. And what happens? When you begin to expect, when you begin to hope, faith sets out to accomplish your expectation. All right, I'm done. I could keep preaching, but here we go. Let me give you three things real quick so it's an official message, all right? You get three points. Here we go. This is a whole message in and of itself, but I snagged it because I was like, oh, I gotta. <clears throat> How do you know that you're living from the spirit? Number one, you're joyful. 
God wants you completely filled with joy. Why? Because your strength level is directly tied to your joy level. If the devil can steal your joy, he can deplete you of the strength and the ability to change the situation. Nehemiah 8.10, which tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength, is a statement given during a time of opposition. They had been given a commandment to rebuild the wall and the men came and tried to discourage them and get them to stop. And yet Nehemiah said, ladies and gentlemen, the joy of the, the men had gotten weary. They had gotten tired, well-doing, uh, uh, got weary and well-doing of doing what they were supposed to. And he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. How do you know if you're tapping into the realm of the spirit is that your joy level is high. Joy, full joy comes from the following. Number one, God's presence. In, his, uh, in your presence is fullness of joy. Number two, God's word. These things I've spoken to you that my joy, my strength may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Number three, answered prayer. I love that. John 16, 24, until you have asked nothing in my name, but ask and you will receive. Why? That your joy may be full. Things don't bring you joy, answer prayers do. Number two, hopeful. God wants you joyful, he wants you hopeful. God wants you, and I kind of minister that already. God wants your hope, your expectation, sky high. First Peter 3, 15b says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in you. How can you be so hopeful when everything is on the decline? Because I'm not tied to this world system. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I'm not without God in this world. The greater one lives on the inside of me and I'm operating out of that recreated spirit. So it makes me have hope. Tomorrow's gonna be a good day. Or Roberts used to get beat up for saying something good is gonna happen to you. And everybody, all the religious people, oh. man, I'm expecting God to do something. God's working on my behalf. God's, man, positioning, there's favor that surrounds me like a shield. I mean, things are getting lined up and in order. Why? Because God's for me. I'm expectant. Number three is being powerful. And that was kind of what we talked about today. God wants you filled with his power and ability, not in and of yourself, but in and through him. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I want to encourage you this morning. Challenge yourself to look at the situation, to look at your life, and how am I approaching this? Am I trying to mentally figure it out naturally? Am I, am I trying to figure out how can I fix this? Or am I stepping back into the spirit saying, okay, Father God, what I'm, the Bible, if you read there in Luke 4, it says that, that Jesus was filled with the spirit. He was led by the spirit and he came out in the power of the spirit. Those ought to be the indicators of your life. I'm filled, led, and empowered. That's how I live my life. That's what challenge, I challenge myself. God, I thank you today. The Bible says, be being filled with the Spirit. It's a constant infilling of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians. 
constantly being filled, constantly being reinforced, constantly being recharged. And the Bible says in Romans that they that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I'm led by the Spirit of God in every decision I make. Every move I make, every step I take is not out of a hesitation or a guessing, but an absolute confidence knowing this is what God wants me to do. And then when all hell breaks loose, because the Bible says the devil comes immediately to steal that word and that confidence and I step out by faith he's going to resist that I don't waver in unbelief I stand and say "Woo, let's go God you're not going to fail me now I'm led by the spirit of God which means I'm at the right place at the right time doing the right things with the right people come on getting the right results and I do it all with power I do it all with power well, that's because you're a preacher. No, this isn't fivefold ministry specific. This is those that believe in him. You've got it. You've got the goods. You've got everything that you need for this life right now. It takes faith. It takes diligence. It takes obedience. But I'm here today to tell you, you can do it. You're going to make it. You're going to go over. You're not going to go over. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. And everything you make a decision out of obedience to God to set your hand to, God will prosper and make it succeed. Why? Because you're the body of Christ. He loves you. And if there's anything I hope I did today was eradicate fear, doubt, worry, Anything that would try to get you to sit down, back up, and go against what God's called you to do. You ought to wake up like the men of faith did, look in the mirror and say, God lives in that man. God lives in that woman. I'm wall to wall God. God lives in me. And when I go to work, woo, the atmosphere changes. Why? Because the presence of God just showed up. I'll have the answer for the boss. I'll have the idea. I'll have what it takes. I know I'm preaching, but I'm trying to be your cheerleader this morning. Rah, rah, ree, don't quit. Don't give up. The Bible says in the last days, it's going to get tough. Man, just watch the news a little bit. I mean, you're just like, what are they doing? Like, did we just take common sense and just put it on vacation? Like, we're just going to figure it out. Lord, help us. But I'm here today to tell you, it doesn't matter what happens in this world, you're going to thrive. And that's not just good preaching. That's not just inspirational thinking. That's the reality of the kingdom of God. As it is in heaven, so shall it be in this earth. Why? Because I'm still here. I'm saying this and I'm done. (laughs) Heard this minister say this one time. This is probably has nothing to do with the message, but I want to say this and then we'll be done. Some people believe in different rapture time periods. You're going before the trib, mid-trib, after trib. But when you understand the authority of God and what lives in you, what God did in your spirit, you watch what Jesus did when he come in contact with devils. He cast them out. He didn't permit any kind of operation in their life. This guy said, I'll tell you what, if we are here during the time the Antichrist is revealed, I'm getting a round trip ticket. I'm gonna go over there, cast the devil out of him, go home and sleep like a baby. Come on, somebody. I'm like, I love that mentality. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not worried about what he's doing. I got God living on the inside of me. I'm a recreated man. 
God's masterpiece, fully supplied, fully adequate, adequate for everything that comes up against me. And so are you. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for what you've done in this time that we've ministered. God, I just give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. God, I speak blessings over Grace Summit right now. I thank you, God, that they're like a lighthouse set upon a hill, that, God, they're a beacon of hope to this region and to this area, that, Father God, people would be drawn here, that as they lift Jesus up, you would draw all men unto him. And I thank you that lives will be changed, hope will be given, that, God, uh, things will be uh, shifted and changed just by the simple uh, presence that is welcome and that resides in this sanctuary, in this place. This coming on the property, there'll be a change. I thank you for the word that is preached. You said you sent forth your word and you healed them. I declare health and healing in the lives of every person in this place today. I thank you, Father God, hips are being realigned, backs are being healed. I thank you, Father God, that uh, 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 the pancreases are operating in the right and perfect order in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, God. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for it. I thank you that eyesight, your eyes are being healed right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the eyes will see, ears will hear everything that we're supposed to, just like Moses says, eyes will not grow dim, nor are natural forces abated. Oh, I thank you, Father God, for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for healing. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen, 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 hallelujah. That's Chris, yeah. Hallelujah, amen. amen. I, um, we, we were talking earlier, and uh, I, I think sometimes the greatest difference between winners and losers, especially in the kingdom, it's just that will to win. It's just the desire to not give in. Um, and, and, um, you got to have that fighting spirit. Um, we, we, there was a lady who used to, her husband came here. She did. She was, she was mad at church, not us. She was mad at church for years. And she didn't go to church anywhere. She had a spot come up on her face. She was, um, and, and just hard-headed, stubborn woman. Wouldn't even go to the doctor. Well, that little spot developed into a cancer that then ate through her lip, ate through her gum, ate up into her nose. And so she had this huge, gigantic, like, disfigurement abscess and uh, she still wouldn't go to the doctor and finally she had a stroke and so she you know EMTs finally came to the house they took her to the doctor every doctor she saw until the last one looked at her and said you're going to die there's just nothing else you know there's nothing we can do Um, you're just going to die doctor after doctor finally this one doctor an oncologist cancer doctor he came up to her he said well he says my opinion is you're going to die because you don't want to live he was just real blunt with her. He said, you've been stupid for too long. He said, but if you want to win, if you want to live, if you want to beat this, he says, well, I can beat this. We can beat this. And he wasn't even using faith. He said, but if you don't have this attitude, you just need to go ahead and get things in order because you're going to die. She looked at him. He said, so my, my question right now is, are, do you want to live or do you want to die? He said, if you can't answer that question, I can't treat you. She made the change. She's still living. Still doing good. Had all the surgery and stuff, and you know, you can't tell. Who in here knows that just foolishness and stupidness has caused more people and stubbornness? But God wants us to have the will to fight. And um, me and Lisa, Lisa, I, I worked with a woman, and 
came in one day for work and the woman's upset and they gave my mama a year to live. If nothing worked, she's got one year. And she was dead in a week. And she got talking to her later and her mom just quit, just gave up. Who in here knows God has put a lot in us, amen? And so we ought to fight and believe and live in this life because he's given us that. Can I have an amen? Okay, I want to encourage you right now from a scripture in Galatians. And I want to uh, challenge you. Galatians chapter six. It says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And then it says here in verse nine, that's verse six, nine. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap as, uh, if, if, we, if we do not lose heart or if we don't faint. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good all, especially to those who are the household of faith. So I want to encourage everyone right now to get an offering envelope. Um, Dustin's still involved in missions and preaching. He preaches all the time. And um, he's actually preaching tomorrow night in Buckhead, Buckhead area. And uh, so whatever the Lord lays on your heart, me and Lisa's already given. Uh, we gave cash app. Can I have an amen? Pastor Lisa loves the cash app. Amen. Don't have to pay the fee, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, which I don't mind paying the fee. It don't, I mean, that's part of business. And so you just have to pay it. Um, but thank God there's another way we ain't got to pay it. Can I have an amen? So anyway, so I want to encourage you to give it. And uh, I want us to pray uh, for, uh, encourage you to pray for Dustin. Um, you know, um, another thing I want to encourage you to pray for is as you write your checks, your money orders, your chickens, your whatever, however you want to give, Cash App, Zelle, PayPal, mail, check, whatever. Um, uh, you know, we were, we're believing, and thank God for, uh, I just, so we're believing for the right fit of a person, leader, to lead worship regularly, and that God brings to us. Can I have an amen? So I want to ask you to pray for that uh, in the next week or two. Um, I, uh, I thank God that Molly's in Tennessee. I miss Molly, but God's blessing Molly. And I love my kids. I want them where they're blessed. Uh, I believe that means that, you know, they should be near me. Can I have an amen? But thank God she isn't called to live according to, you know, my beliefs. She's called to live according to the word of God. And I just say that jokingly. I mean, they're doing good. She's doing real good. And so, but, um, you know, I, I, although I enjoyed what we have, and thank God for what God's brought us uh, in this interim, but just pray for that uh, and believe for that. You know, again, some people say, well, you know, I just don't. You know, you got to have some fight, you got to fight it through. Um, you know, that's where I like that old saying, you know, great it is to dream the dream when you stand in youth by the starry stream, but a greater thing is to fight life through and say at the end, the dream came true. But you have to fight for it. You have to fight for it. Um, I, in fact, I hate, and I use that word specifically, hate this phrase. If it's to be, it will be. Just whatever, you know, whatever God, I hate that. More people have died from sickness and disease and broken marriages and stuff because that foolish theological thought. Just that God, well, I mean, I just, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. That's foolish. God, think of this, God fought for 4,000 years to get Jesus here. Fought. Had to fight had to fight not only Satan, but sometimes his own people. Can I have an amen? His own kids down there. I mean, 
We're going to kill y'all. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what I want to do. Can I have an amen? Hold your offering in your hand as we get ready to give. Now, here's the thing. Now, here, I'm going to, this something that I'm doing. Well, I, I always do this, though. We're sowing seed, got specific seed, but we're bleeding for specific things. So when you sow, especially into a traveling ministry, I've always have, believe for God to bless certain things in your life. And the reason being is because if I give a prophet a cup of water in the prophet's name, I get the prophet's reward. That's what Jesus said. So you ought to believe that. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for the opportunity to do good into the household of faith and the opportunity to sow into Dustin's ministry. Father, we proclaim, we believe that you open up great doors of opportunity, great opportunity across this nation, in media, online, however. He's got a good word. He's got a good delivery. He's got a great heart. He's got your anointing. And so, Father, we thank you that in Jesus' name, that every hindrance is gone and leaves and that you open up an open door for his life, for his ministry, and it flourishes beyond anything he can think of. And people are changed eternally. That's more than anything. And Father, we just thank you right now for the opportunity to bless his ministry. I thank you, Father, that as a church, we receive his reward because we partner with him and we give it to him. And we thank you, Father, for his ministry in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. We'll go ahead and bring your offering down. you love this, Dustin. I uh, read something the other night to Molly, and Molly works for Dave Ramsey, and she, it said something that said, uh, basically, it was, why do we receive offerings? Envelopes, you know, like that. And it was like, most people give through Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. It said, I guess we do it for the people in our church who were so devoted to Dave Ramsey, they still have cash. Can I have an amen? And uh, I just love that. I love that. I sent it to Molly and I said, I guess that's why we still do this. Amen. And uh, we bless you so much. We thank y'all for partnering. God say, God say this. Now, who's ever heard me say this? God is good. God is good to me. If God's going to be good to anybody, it's going to be me. Who's ever heard me say that? I have said that many times in my life. I say it all the time. You know why I say it? I preach out of the overflow because I need to hear it. I did a funeral yesterday for my great, for one of my uncles, and I made a comment. He was a good guy, but rough man, hard man. And I made a comment. I was joking. I said something about. It. I said, "Yeah, you know, I got a lot of family." I said, "I got." You know, I said, "I ain't ever done nothing." I said, "I have." I said, "I ain't ever done really anything majorly bad or wrong." I said, because I was always afraid I'd get caught. I said, now my wife says that if I wasn't for Jesus in the ministry, I'd be in the mafia. I said, but I stopped. I said, but who in here knows that God doesn't judge you on your actions? He judges you on your intent, your heart. I said, so let me just throw this out. I've wanted to do a lot of things. I said, so if there's anybody chiefest amongst all, I said, it's me. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. A couple of announcements real quick. Now, next Sunday, if you didn't get one, if you weren't here this Sunday, if you want to be a part of our Revelation small group, it'll meet from 945 to 1030. It's studying uh, end times, eschatology, last days. Um, we'll talk about different versions. Uh, it's not up for argument, but uh, some people love to argue just because they love to argue. I don't know why. But anyway, uh, but we're not going to argue, but we are going to look at the seasons of prophetic events that are coming forward. And uh, But that'll be from 945 to 1030. 
Uh, we started technically this week. We just gave our books out. And it's kind of a homework class this time. Uh, you have to process the week's lesson before the next week. It's going to be a great study. So anyway, uh, also, I believe, um, yeah, uh, first uh, Saturday of the month, uh, Women Encouraging Women starts at 10 o'clock. And then it, uh, that's just the fellowship time. 10.30, it'll start, 11.45. Uh, those are going great. You do not want to miss that. I know we have our yes, Wednesday night at 7.30 online. Uh, we just started another series. It, it's only a two-parter. It'll finish up this coming Sunday, uh, Wednesday night, and then also next Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Is, is that it? Is that it? Oh, okay, that's it right there. Well, stand up. Praise God. I, I, I wish I could see them back there. I feel weird. That way I could be more professional and just look at y'all. And, and I was waiting on May the Lord bless you and keep you. Stretch forth your hands upon them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you his peace. And always remember, you are his uh, workmanship. You are his masterpiece. And you are called to live like it every day. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you. If you will, find that person that you saw earlier that you made the, the eye to and uh, greet them, hug them, talk to them for a moment, welcome them, and uh, be sure to uh, connect with Dustin. We'll see you next Sunday.